All right. So here it is, the first ever Salt Company panel. Not totally sure how this is going to go, but we're going to let it rip. All right, Abby G, what are we we're doing? Try. Okay, you guys, if you have been coming to Salt Company, you know that this isn't normally what we do. Like Jordan said, we've never done a panel before, so something new. That's exciting. But if it's your first time at Salt Company, we just want to say welcome. I love that if it's your first time that you're here and the semester isn't over. So that's great. So guys, as you know, um, we've been doing a mini, mini series on... Thanks for the clap, bro. I appreciate that. <laughs> right. On singleness, marriage, dating, relationships. And one of the reasons why um, we wanted to end our series this way with having a panel is because the Bible talks pretty clearly about singleness and marriage, but what it actually doesn't speak to is dating. And so there's a lot of just gray area in that of like, okay, if I'm following Jesus, how, like, what does it mean to like date well and to date with um, a gospel lens? And so we actually wanted to open up that conversation. And something that I think that you'll see from tonight is that there's like different opinions. You could ask one person what they think and they might, and you respect them, they're super godly and you might ask another super godly person and they have different opinions. And so that is something that like, yeah, is okay. And we want to like have a discussion. So we're going to be talking mainly about dating and relationships, but we're also, we, we can talk about whatever. So you guys, we, you guys have already asked a ton of really good questions. So everybody that already sent in questions, great job, because they're really good. Um, so we're going to be answering some of those, but we're also going to take some live questions. So I think that there should be a slide with the phone number that you can text in questions to. So if we're saying stuff up here and it makes you be like, huh, I kind of want to ask another question about that. Go ahead and text it live to that number, and we're going to try to answer it. So just, yeah, I also do want to say, guys, um, yeah, bear with us as this is, even we started talking about just dating relationships in our office and got into an unintended hour-long conversation. So there's a ton to talk about. So if we don't get to everything, like, feel free to come up and, and ask us later or, or talk about it in your connection groups. But yeah. And the, the last thing I want to say to start us off, guys, is that we are not up here because we have done things perfectly. We we have made um, a lot of mistakes. And so we almost just want to help. You're, you're perfect, right? <laughs> yeah, honestly, he might be the best one up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's kind of true. Uh, Look at this guy. He's so classy. Actually, yeah. we're matching, and I feel really proud of that. I Me just, too. I, I also really want to say about that Jordan wanted us to sit this way because they're matching, so I break it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel good about it, but a little gap in between. Okay. <laughs> Yes. And so, guys, just welcome into the family room of we're all broken. We all make mistakes. And so, yeah, don't anything that we speak to is not from a place of privilege, but it's actually from a place of humility of like a lot of the stuff we'll speak to. We have we we can speak to it because we've learned some hard lessons. And so we just hope that you guys feel cared for and shepherded by the things that we talk about tonight. So um, you guys probably know. Jordan and Jake, but if you don't, I just thought it would be a fun way to introduce them of asking them, okay, we have a bunch of college students here who may or may not be dating, and I want to know, what were you guys like when you were dating in college? And you can answer this by, you know, telling a story Woof. or saying, you know, like, what kind of a dater were you? Jordan, oh. you should start us off. <laughs> I don't feel great about... Jordan in college in general. Uh, <laughs> I was I was a very intense dater. So in an intense human being, like I, uh, I just okay. I wore my emotions on my sleeve, which maybe none of you are surprised by. 
And so I like immediately like fell in love with Jessamine. And I would have these conversations with people where I would be like, guys, there's this girl and I like really want to date her. And, and just everyone would be like, yeah, we know. Like it's very obvious. And I found out since the point that Jessamine was like also in on it and it was very clear and I was not sneaky at all. Um, I like, I was a hopeless romantic. I like went way too hard on the first date and a lot of people thought that it was a proposal. And that's when I knew I was maybe a little bit too intense. And, and it was like kind of cool, but mostly just a little weird. Wait, what'd you do? Like a giant scavenger hunt around the entire city and like sent her into like these restaurants where we had like memories and stuff like wait, that. Wait, memories? And, Wasn't and, your uh, first date? How'd you yeah, have memories? Yeah, yeah, but I had been like weirdly hanging out with her in groups and crap for like a long time. That's this, not very This was like years into the friend zone. <laughs> years. So just, just too intense and kind of confused. And then we like pseudo dated for a while instead of just actually dating and yeah, it wasn't great. Yet here he is married with a kid. There you go. How exciting. There you go. Jake? My turn. <laughs> When I, when I came to college, I, I came from a really tiny town. There's like 70, 17 other kids in my class, so I really thought I was hot stuff. <laughs> Did you say 17? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> On a good, I mean, when no one was sick, right? <laughs> so I showed up in like cargo pants and literally K-Swiss tennis shoes. And I, I was in a fraternity <laughs> to make it worse. <laughs> so I was... Kind of probably the guy who was ridiculed behind his back, but didn't know it. <laughs> so I was walking around everywhere like. That got sad. I was the only one who thought I was that cool. And so I was, I was just like always trying to find some girl to think I'm pretty cool. Once in a great while, I get someone to believe it for a little while. I never, so my Dude, whole dating life has just been real quick. That over and over. I just remember the video that we showed year one. Yeah. Does anybody that was here year one of Salt come to remember the Jake dancing video? Raise your Guys, hand. Guys, it's incredible. Remind me to show that to you. All right. Anyway. Yeah, if you remember that, that epitomizes me. <laughs> I don't want to ever. Every circle I ever get into, that video always surfaces. <laughs> It's a miracle. Late that night at Salt Company, right first now. one ever is just a video yes. of Jake. <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen it yet, have you? No. Okay. It's amazing. We'll watch it in the office on Monday. Okay. okay. Wow. Great. Oh, yeah. Okay. Am I up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm up. So, real quick, and then we're going to get into some questions. I wanted to give you guys, similar to what Abby said, to kind of understand, there's, there's essentially three categories when having conversations like this, okay? So the first one is a moral category where it's very clear in the Bible, okay? So it's stuff like don't cheat on someone that you're dating or leave your spouse for unnecessary reasons or things like that with relationship. Very clear things from Scripture, okay? Then the second category is wisdom from Scripture, where it's not necessarily like directly referenced, but it's pretty clear that it's a bad idea, right? So that's stuff like, I don't know, texting a bunch of other girls while you're dating a different girl, something like that, where it's like, the Bible doesn't talk about texting, but it's just clearly a bad idea from Christian principles. Then the third category is just experienced and, and sort of spirit-led opinions. And actually, the majority of the things you'll hear tonight are is that third category, where it's opinions that you really should, I, I'd love for you to listen to, but actually take with a grain of salt, so most of the things you hear at Salt Company, we want you to 
to see in the word of God and, and feel that as an authority in your life. Most of what we're saying tonight is we even could have disagreement on and it's primarily opinion. And so we wanted to make that clear. There's a difference between Bible and like what we think. And so don't take what we think too seriously, but hopefully you'll be helped by it. So first question, let's go. What do we got? Are dating apps bad? Huh? Jake, you're up. <laughs> I thought we were, this was like the hardest one in the list. <laughs> Coming out swinging. Let's go. You actually want me to say what I think? What? Okay. Take a swing, man. We'll tell you if you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, great. Thought number one is I've met Christian couples who've met on dating apps and they're great couples. So it would be wrong to say that they're outright bad. But I also want to say that I don't think that um, it's going to give you habits of mind that are healthy about people. When you see just like a, photo and a name, and many of these people you've had no experience with in community, um, you have no idea what their character is like. So you're making really flash, subjective judgments about people. And I think that um, I, I would just do your best to try to resist making that a habit in your dating life, because it'll set you up for idolatry and a painful relationship down the road. Yeah, that was a great answer. That was good. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say, guys, too, just to add to that, what what kind of a dating app is it? Like, what's the type and what's the purpose of it? And so the ones of, like, the Christian dating apps that he's talked about, it, those probably are different. And to be honest, I actually don't even know what Tinder and Bumble and what those ones are like. Um, but I would say, like, what is it literally just you look at the picture and you're swiping yes or no? Or, like, is it, is it a different kind where you actually, like, know more about the person, know, like, do they love Jesus, like, those types of things. But I also want to just, like, add on a little bit to that last thing that he said. I would be really honest with yourself of, like, what is me swiping through? Like, is that actually um, sowing seeds of the spirit or is that sowing seeds of the flesh? So is it, is it causing me to be more discontent? with my circumstance? Is it actually taking me to the point of lust? Is it, what is it actually doing in your mind and heart? And is that healthy? And maybe too, if you like feel embarrassed to say that you're on one, maybe that like shows a little bit of, um, yeah, what if it actually is a good idea and for you to do. So I would say, yeah, just to add on to that, consider those two things. Yeah, Christians aren't anti-technology, okay? So, so we're not gonna give, like in some, sometimes Christians like get, anyway. Uh, so if they're healthy, if it helps you like love and treat someone else as an image bearer, great, go for it. But just be thoughtful about what you're doing, right? And, and just kind of swiping one direction on a snap decision on an image bearer, probably not a great idea. Also not a great idea to do that live in person. So that's functionally what most of you do is you walk in a room and you look at the physical appearance of people and you immediately write them off as people that you can't or can't date, which is just not a great way to respect an image bearer. And it's just kind of dumb because that's not actually the most important thing about dating. I'm not saying it's irrelevant, but it's not the most important thing. And you're immediately limiting your options. And some of you just have too high a self-assessment of yourself. And so like, you need to be a little bit more realistic. And so- Like me, you're not as hot as you think you are. Don't do that. What's that? Like me, you're not as hot as you think yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Anyway, I'm one of those people. So uh, yeah, all right. So don't treat image bearers with disrespect. Treat them with respect. All right, next one. 
How do you know when the person you are with is the one God intended you to be with forever? <clears throat> Take it away. This will be fun. Either of you. Okay, okay, I'll go, I'll go. Okay, how do you know if the person you're with is the one? Guys, I think that that language isn't even helpful. <laughs> like that, that title of like, okay, if your mindset is, or you think, like I need to be finding that one person, the one that I'm supposed to be with. That is putting like expectations on that person that they don't actually deserve and that you actually don't have the right to put on them. And so like, if you're the person who actually has a checklist of 29 and a half things that you want your future spouse to have, rip it up. Like Preach. that is not okay. And I would say too, if you have that list, look at yourself in the mirror and also ask, am I, am I going on a path where I am being the kind of person that the person that I want to be with wants to be with? Like, am I actually pursuing that? So I would say, again, like take Take your eyes off of what you want in a spouse and focus on being the kind of person that you want your spouse to want to be with someday. And so, yeah, I would just say that language isn't even helpful. There isn't the one. And yeah, that's like striving for perfection that isn't going to be reached. So I asked Kaylee if I could tell this story, so it's fine. Um, uh, so her husband, Dave, is a good friend of mine, has been for a long time. And I sat down with Dave in a coffee shop a while ago, and he was like super nervous about whether he was going to date this girl named Kaylee Hunting. Well, she wasn't named Kaylee Hunting at that point, Kaylee Becker. Um, but, and, and he was super nervous and going back and forth and I just couldn't figure out why, like what was happening. Dave's like a super thoughtful, like analytical dude. And I respect how thoughtful he is on stuff, but I just couldn't figure out what was at the heart of it. And then Dave literally pulled out a physical list and, and it had like 20 plus, I think, things. 29 and a half? 29 and a half, sure. Um, things that he was like looking for in a godly woman. Now, I'm not hating on Dave. It was well-intentioned. Like he was being thoughtful in like, what are the things that I'm looking for in a spouse? But if Kaylee hunting does not make your list, you have a stupid list. <laughs> like Kaylee is amazing. And your list is dumb if Kaylee doesn't meet up to it, right? So, so I literally was like, Dave, this is interesting. Can I see your list? And I took it from him. And then I ripped it up. And he got so mad at me. But now they're married. And it's great. It just don't, like, be intentional. But don't be, like, don't be so judgmental and intense about all the standards you have. Just be a person that follows Jesus yourself. See what God does with that. A little bit of something I want to add. <clears throat> Travis Manerfield, I give credit to this. He's taught me this in action lately. Um, I, I think that a really good rule of thumb to determine whether or not you're a good fit with someone, not, like they said, not necessarily they're the one, but that you're a good fit with someone, is by being open to your community. Let them tell you. In my life, I, I tend to think of myself as someone who's pretty self-aware, pretty emotionally aware, and every day in my life is evidence that that is false. My heart is extremely deceptive, and the Bible tells us that, by the way, <laughs> like, almost kind of rudely. <laughs> and that's the truth. I, it's, my heart is completely deceptive beyond cure, it says. And um, I, I just always find myself trusting my feelings, or even trusting my logic, but is actually just a narrative that I invented to justify or explain my feelings, right? And so 
as you're dating someone and you're trying to figure out, is this, is this the one? I don't know. And you have all these voices in your head. Just ask your community. Make sure there are people you trust who are wiser than you, but ask them honestly, are, are we together more beneficial for the kingdom than we are apart? Do you think that we're healthy for each other? Do you have any hesitations for us moving forward in like a, a you know, a more great, like now we're dating, now we're courting. Do you have hesitations about moving forward in that way? And just let people tell you because your heart's deceptive. They'll be able to think clearly about it. Let me give you just real quick and then we'll move on. A couple ways to, to think through like how do, you, how do you know if a person is a good person to be dating or whatever. The, the main thing I would want to tell you is, is what we talked about in the sermon a couple weeks ago, actually, but that, that love is not primarily a feeling. It's primarily a choice. And that might sound like not romantic, but that's real love is when you look at a person and you say, I'm committed to you regardless, and I'm not going to base my commitment and self-sacrifice for you on whether you make me feel good because that's actually selfish. That's you loving how they make you feel, not you loving them. And so you actually can make a choice to love a lot of people within reason. And so there's not just this like mystical one out there. There's just another person that you, another sinner like you that you choose to self-sacrificially love. So a, a few categories to think through. One, do they love Jesus? And I don't mean, do they say they're a Christian? Have they been around Christianity? I mean, is, this, is there this thing about them where they talk about Jesus like he's their friend? And, and do, they, do they push you and do you push them to love Jesus more? Because that's what's gonna make a relationship amazing. And that might not seem that important now. That's what's gonna matter to you in 10, 15, 20 years if you're still following Christ, right? Um, next one is... Can you see yourself sitting on the back porch with them when you're 80? Like, do you just have compatibility? Do you want to know them for the rest of your life? Are, are you interested in them? Do you want to be around them? And then, and then third and, and least important but still there is are you somewhat attracted to them? Do you have some desire to be more than friends? But don't over-elevate that, but you also don't have to be like hyper-spiritual and pretend like that doesn't matter. It's a part of it. It's just not the whole thing. So do you have anything else to add to that? Or should we? No, I think so. Okay, next question. Wow. <clears throat> see if I can read this whole thing. If my boyfriend and I have already been sexually active, is there value in stopping this sexual immorality? How do you work towards waiting for marriage when you have already experienced the pleasure? How do you battle the temptation is it bad to continue being sexually immoral if it is not getting in between you and your relationship with God? Okay. One, those are all really good questions. Like, those are all packed full of, yeah, good stuff. But I just even want to speak to the first one. Is there value in stopping this sexual immorality? Yes, there is. And the thing that, like, whoever asked this question or other people that are in this same place, the loudest thing that I want you to hear now is that it is never too late to repent. Like it, you are never too far gone for the grace of God to reach you. And that, that is actually true in our reality when we know Christ or if you don't know him, what he offers you. And so like there are so many places um, in the Bible that speak to sexual immorality and just how Actually, that path is a path of, of death, honestly, where that is not going to give you what you want or desire. And even though, like, it might be the strongest desire, it's, 
it's not your deepest desire when it's being practiced um, outside of the design of marriage. And so, yeah, I is there value in stopping? It is, Jesus is worth it to, to stop and do everything that you can to fight that sin, even if it feels like, well, I've already been going down this road for maybe seven years. I don't know. You, if you know Jesus or want to know him, his grace extends to you. So like, that's, that's what I want you to hear is, yes, you can stop by the power of the Holy Spirit. A couple quick things I, I just want to notice in here as far as the thinking behind the question. So one of them is, um, when I, like, how can I go back when I've already experienced the pleasure? Is it worth it? Okay. Sex is great. Um, it's not the end all be all. It's not that great. Jesus is so much better. And, and following him is a better life. Um, and, and so if you're new to the Bible, what it talks about is the purpose of sex is to bring two souls into one. And, and if that's the purpose, that makes sense to do that only within marriage, this, this commitment to each other for life. It, it makes sense that you wouldn't do that in dating. That's not something you want to do in dating, right? So God's out for your good. And so he wants a better life for you. So, so if you're stuck in that and, and not wanting to move from it, the, the issue isn't, is it worth it to give up pleasure to live a worse life that you should live? The issue is you're missing out on a better life that you could be having. It's better to know Jesus and enjoy him than it is to live however you want, because Jesus is awesome, and he loves you, and he wants a great life for you, and he, and by the way, he's not holding your sin against you. I think that's the other thing I'm seeing is kind of this idea of, oh, we've already gone there, so can we really come back? Yes, absolutely. That's the story of Christianity. A lot of you have heard throughout your life this kind of shaming, condemning thing that Christianity is about you being kind of pure, put together, and perfect. It's not about that. The story of Christianity is a story of redemption, not perfection. So it's, it's a story about how we all have screwed up. We all haven't lived the way that we, we should live, but that God loves us in spite of that, not because of what we do, in spite of what we do, and that he wants relationship with you no matter how messed up your life is, and that you always can come back to him, that you're never too far gone, that he's always pursuing you in love. He always is stepping out in relationship towards you, so you always can come back to him. So if you feel, I know some of you in this room are just like, I'm not about that Christian sexual ethic. That Okay, that you're in process. But I want to talk to you specifically, if you're on board with it, but you don't know how to stop and you feel guilt, you don't have to feel guilt. In Christ, there's no condemnation. You're free. It's not held against you. You're not gross. You're not um, a second-class Christian. You have new life in Jesus. And so just trust him in that. Yeah, and even to add to that too, like, man, if you actually like believe that and then like, repent and tell people in life, whatever, you're probably going to fail again. Like that actually, like, thankfully, like in Christianity and in dating, like your goal and pursuit is not perfection. You will imperfectly date. Like you will, you will not date your person like the most perfect way possible. And, but thankfully, like that's actually not the call of Christianity. The, The call is to admit that, but do everything that you can by the power of the Holy Spirit to fight it, but to actually let people in. So I would like, even like the 
uh, how do you battle then temptation? Don't battle it alone. You can't take on, if you're trying to, to fight this on your own and not letting other people in, it is going to crush you. Like it will absolutely crush you. And Satan is going to know that and feed into that and make you think that you have to hide in the deepest, darkest corner because nobody else can know this about you. But you got to let like First John says that if we confess our sins, that actually gives us fellowship with one another and fellowship with God because Christ actually is righteous and will forgive and, and has cleansed us of our sins. So that is the promise that you can cling to, which is nuts and doesn't make sense, but you can fight it, but let other people in on that fight. All right, we gotta keep moving. You good? Want to add something? Real quick? I do want to add yeah, something. Do real it. I'm sorry, Jordan. No, I saw the look. Like, give <laughs> next me the time. Take it. Take it. <laughs> give me a little space. When you... <laughs> so, I, the first thing I want to say is I've walked this road, and it hurts like crazy, and it um, there's just loads of shame, and um, you can kind of hear in this person's words that they're really confused and they feel kind of alone, and sexual sin does that to you. Um, so. You're not alone, <laughs> and it'll be okay. Um, I also want to say that sexual sin really muddies your ability to think clearly about a relationship. Your heart's already deceptive, and when sexual sin becomes a player, it's like even any ounce of wisdom you had or whatever, it's gone. It's really hard. Um, and so my advice, a little different from these guys, take it lightly, but... Sexual sin in a relationship is really hard to fight if you don't love purity. In my life, when I was in relationships, I had every tool in the tool belt. All the, like, oh, don't, like, sit on the couch late at night together. Don't do this together. Don't do that, you know. All these, like, rules that are supposed to help you. But if you don't love purity, none of that's going to matter. It comes from your heart first. And so, carefully, I want to say to you, if you find yourself in a relationship where you're, you're consistently struggling with, with sexual sin, and if you're honest with yourself and you say, I just don't love purity, I don't, there is a chance that it might be wise for you to consider breaking up because in singleness, I think you'll get the space and clarity um, and actual like room to breathe and learn how to love purity. It's hard to learn how to love purity when you're still in that relationship with all that messed up in your head. That's good. Thanks, ma'am. Yeah, next question. How can you biblically commit to and love the other person in a dating relationship without? <laughs> you, you can just yell it out if you want, Kaylee. Without crossing boundaries that are reserved for marriage. Without crossing boundaries that are reserved for marriage. How can you biblically commit to and love the other person in a dating relationship without crossing boundaries? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Uh, without crossing boundaries that are reserved for marriage. You're up, Gonzo. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get it. Okay. Get it. Here's a, the first thing that's coming to my mind. Is that I feel like maybe, and I don't, I don't know who asked this and what, they were thinking, but I feel like maybe what could be the heart behind this is like not actually believing that like you can have 
a close relationship or even be satisfied in the way that you only can with like sexual intimacy. And so I think what I would say here is like sexual intimacy isn't the thing that like like binds you to another person. Like that is not the only like obviously like what Jordan said, like sex is good. <laughs> like in in marriage, like it is a good thing that a gift that God has given. But like probably like what is what is more um a feeling of loneliness than like not being able to either either in singleness or being in a relationship where you can't um exercise the desires that you want is actually like then being with somebody that like that was the only thing like let's say in your dating relationship like sexual intimacy was the only intimacy that you had and even like let's say that you it was apart from Jesus like and then you get married and think that that is still gonna like that's that is not gonna satisfy you if that's your only thing that is fulfilling like that you're looking for fulfillment in and so I think that maybe like the heart behind this is not actually believing that that what the Bible says is good is to like submit your desires to your design like not believing that's true I think might be what this what this person might be thinking is like hey, I actually don't believe that that I can have that closeness if I'm not doing these things and I would say like Jesus can fill that and like one of the most lonely places that you can be in is be married to somebody where that's all your intimacy comes from is from sexual intimacy and so those are my initial thoughts. What was that line? Fill your desires, what? Submit your S desires to your design. It's not me, Saul Rexius. Don't, you should have taken credit. No, I'm awesome. not gonna take credit, that's not my thing. Guys, hear that, that was awesome. All right. <laughs> you said it last year. We're ending on that, next question. Oh, what should I do if my boyfriend isn't a Christian or isn't making Jesus a priority in their life? That's another good question. So many good questions. Okay. Um, so I think the first thing to speak to on this is, okay, so the, the Bible, like I said in the beginning, like the Bible speaks to marriage and it speaks to singleness, but what it, what it doesn't speak to is, is dating. But the Bible is actually pretty explicit in, in the two singleness in marriage, as in like it explicitly says that, okay, if you are um, a believer, then actually in marriage, you shouldn't be unequally yoked, meaning like if you're a believer, you should also be married to a believer. And so don't be unbeliever with believer. Um, so I think that what the question that I would um, ask yourself in this situation is like, okay, what do I actually believe the purpose of dating to be? And as a Christian, like, your purpose for dating should be like, okay, I'm dating to possibly marry this person someday. And so I would say like, think about like, okay, is this person that I'm investing a, a possible future relationship, do they have the same values and beliefs as me? Like, are we both, are we both, do we think the same things about Jesus? Do we like, do we believe? And if they don't, if they don't believe the same thing as you, then I would say like it's it's 
really not wise to continue. Like if you're going down this path for marriage, but you know that person doesn't actually like, it would be sinful to marry them. Don't, like Proverbs says to guard your heart. Like don't play with your heart like that. It's only gonna reap havard and and be hard. And guys, I like, I speak also like what Jake said earlier, like he was speaking from experience. Like I did this, like I dated um, a guy who wasn't a believer. He he would say that he was if you asked him, but it was just like he believed in the existence of God and in that the Bible was true maybe, but he didn't actually have a relationship with him. And I wish that somebody would have said to me, hey, this isn't smart. Break up with him. Because I actually... I, I was in this relationship for three and a half years, and in the first eight months of us dating, he cheated on me, and then I dated him for three years after that, and there is just a ton of brokenness um, and just sexual sin and just things that I was, one, hiding, nobody knew about it, and I just became numb to it. I just, sin sucks, and the more that you you do it, you want to do it, and and I wish that somebody would have said, hey, that's actually not smart, and and gonna be harmful, and and I think that um, even just to speak about like when when you have been hurt in a relationship, when when mistrust has like been earned in that way. So I I that boyfriend that I was talking about, we broke up after three and a half years, and I was single um, for five years after that, and I like would claim that that I was content in my singleness. And honestly, for the most part, like that was actually true. Like I was pretty content with with being single, but um, it wasn't actually until like um, in the last year that I like met somebody that was like, okay, you actually piqued my interest. And like, I like actually would wanna be in a relationship with you, but I realized like, oh my gosh, like what I thought I was healed from, from that relationship, like I'm not there was almost like this invisible umbrella that was like, holy crap, I've been saying that I'm content in singleness, but like, actually, I'm just terrified. Like, I don't want to get in a relationship again because I'm scared that I'm going to get hurt. And what if that happens again? And so I think the the question that God was asking me to wrestle through and that was like, okay, Abby, if love is to trust, like, what does it mean to trust somebody who has the possibility to wound you and will hurt you? Because if you've, if you've heard us talk about suffering at Salt Company or Salt City, you hear us say, like, it's not a matter of if you'll suffer, but when you'll suffer. And, guys, it's the same thing for dating and, like, maybe your future spouse someday. It's not a matter of if they'll hurt you, but when they'll hurt you. And so um, I, like, those are things that God was um, just teaching me. And, and I actually then ended up dating um, a guy this past year. And it was pretty much the opposite of that first relationship. It was a really good relationship. Like, we fought after purity. And it was, like, a super, yeah, sweet relationship. Thought that, honestly, that he was um, possibly going to be the guy that I'm with for a while. Um, but actually, that one also just ended um, really hurtfully, and and he was unfaithful to me, and and I think that that um, has been one of the hardest things that God has um, just like taught me in dating. But I think my mind was tempted to think in that like, well, God, I worked through all my trust issues. Don't I deserve like not this? And like, is everything that I learned about trust discredited now? Because well, I was tempted to think, well, look, I was right. He hurt me. I can't trust people ever. But like what, 
God like painfully was teaching me and chipping away at my soul was like, Abby, I'm not asking you to trust men, but I'm asking you to trust me when men hurt you. And so, um, guys, whether your hurt has come from being with a non-believer or if it has come from being with a believer, I just want to even say to you that, like, your wounds don't have the final say (laughs) and that actually, like, my hope is that it's not that in 35 years, hopefully I get over my trust issues and I can finally be in a relationship and not be the suspicious wife someday. But like, my hope is that like, <laughs> that was legit my fear. Like, I was like, I don't know. My fear is not necessarily like if I'll get hurt, but it's like, will I always be the suspicious one? Like wondering like, is he like, do whatever. But like, my hope is actually that like, I do not have to be a slave to the to the pain that was done to me and that like that does not like what happened does not is not my identity and does not have the final say but I can actually trust in a god who did not hurt me but actually laid down the life of his son for me and he has healed my ultimate like my deepest sickness and he has the power to heal me moving forward and so yeah I would say like if you are someone who yeah has been hurt like believe like the character of God is that he's a good father and the ultimate good gift that he's given us is the death in his son and so like he can only give good gifts and so yeah he's caring for you and he is walking with you in your pain so thanks for sharing Abby Guys, that's not easy to do, to talk about something that's really hard in your life. <clears throat> and Abby's a really cool uh, illustration of how to be real with something that sucks and hurts, and also to trust Jesus in the process, to love him and be real about pain. And I know that's where a lot of you guys are at. Just don't give up. Uh, follow follow Abby. Talk to Abby. She's not perfect, but she she has awesome advice, and she can help you, but... Just keep going. Don't give up. Um, all right, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. So let's go. One more question. Oh, there was one for Jake. Okay, rapid ah! fire. Go with the Jake question. Jake, so fast. What was it? Jake, how does gathering community insight work when the direct Christian communities are different for each person in a relationship? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually. I have experience with this, and it's hard. Um, I I was dating a girl from Iowa, and she had a completely different community from me. Um, Practically speaking, if you can avoid it, (laughs) as a friend, I would recommend it. Um, It's it's helpful to have mutual friends who know both people, and they can speak um, with wisdom about both people. Um, But I think the simple answer is you just got to trust that their community is also wise. And, and if, if, if you're seeing that that person you're dating is also seeking counsel from their community, that's all you need to know. You can trust them. That's all I would say. That's good, man. All right, last one. Is it okay to pursue a person you have interest in or should you let it happen naturally? I got this one. Uh, so, guys, guys. Let's talk about talking. It's so dumb. It's, it's, it's so confusing. When you're, just, when you're just texting people and talking 
And then I'm like, hey, what's the deal? Are you guys, are you guys dating? Are you? And you're like, oh, we don't want to define it. It's just, you know, it's a thing. We're, we have a thing right now. It's like, <laughs> just, no, like that is, that is so confusing and unhelpful. And like, okay, here's my disclaimer. This is all opinion. None of this is Bible, okay? But I'm still mad about it. So, um, he, okay, I, I think that intentionality would be so helpful for your life if you would just choose to be clear and intentional uh, and don't do the thing, like, don't, like, you know, hit somebody up on social media and, hey, you want to hang out? Or if you want to ask a girl on a date and you're kind of like, oh, we should, like, hang out sometime. No, say, do you want to go on a date with me? So just, so one of the, one of the best, like, dating situations I've ever been in, it actually wasn't just me. It was a time that I, I gave up on that periodically. I got really down and I just tried something else. And... There was this girl named Jess Schmeckpepper, and I didn't know her that well, and Schmeckpepper is an incredible last name. And I, and, I didn't, and I didn't know her that well, but she knew some friends of mine, and they thought she was amazing, and I could tell she had this like cool walk with Jesus, and she seemed super fun. So I was like, I either can like fart around and like try and like get her number and like text her over several months, or I can just ask her out. And so I, I went up to her and I said, all right, Jess, like, I, I know you don't know me that well, but I would love to take you on a date for the purpose of figuring out if us being in a relationship would be a good thing. Can I take you out on a date on Friday? And I just said it. And, and, and she was, yes, a little taken aback, okay? But, but she literally just went, well, I don't like you. <laughs> I'm like, and, but I'll go on a date with you. Uh, <laughs> If, if you're cool with that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm great with that. That's actually exactly what I was expecting. And so we went on this date and it was great. We had a lot of fun. And then afterwards we had coffee and was like, hey, what's up? Like, you know, how are we doing? And she's like, well, I still don't like, like you, but I had fun. And so do you want to go on another one? I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure what I feel. You know, I, let's try it. So we went on a second date and then we just talked again. And she was like, yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be a thing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is going to be a thing either. And we're like, all right, see ya. And it was so easy. Just literally say what you think. And instead of like kind of farting around and waiting for it to happen, just ask someone out or don't ask someone out. Be single, but just pick one or the other. And, and here's why, honestly, is because it's out of a heart of love. If you're asking someone on a date and you're unclear about what that thing is, they are now anxious, stressed, and trying to figure it out. But if you're just clear then you take the pressure off of them and they're able to say yes or no to the specific thing that you're asking them. And so don't be afraid, be bold, just talk to them about it. All right, um, so yeah, Jake, give us your like, let's end on this. Give us your like one thing you want them to remember or take from tonight. Um, this is something I had jotted down that hadn't been asked yet that I think is really important. I have often tried to figure out who will be a good fit for me according to personality and chemistry and like worldly things. And in my experience, it does not take long for those things to fade. Even the most beautiful or handsome person or the funniest person or, you know, like someone you're just like, wow, we just really click. If you date that person for six months and the character isn't there, if they're not like really solid as an independent, loving, you know, someone who's full of the fruit of the spirit, everything else just sours. 
and you've like learned to resent each other if your character's not there. So I think um, the spirit in you is most attracted to godliness, to character. And as you get older and you develop more character yourself and the spirit in you is thriving, you'll be shocked at how much that's what's most attractive to you. So when you're looking for a potential spouse, think like, like she said earlier, how can I be, continue to develop the character in me so that I can attract a man or a woman who is also attracted to character and try to convince yourself to look for character first? Because when the going gets tough, I'm not, obviously not married, but even in a tough dating relationship, man, good character will carry you through, through really tough storms, and without it, you'll be high and dry. Let me pray. God, uh, yeah, thank you so much that um, you've given us guidelines for how to live the good life and that you want, that you're, that you're pro um, us having a good life, that you, you don't want what's bad for us, you want what's good for us. And so I think the heart of this stuff comes down to just do we trust you? Um, do we believe that you're good and that you know what you're talking about and that you want a good life for us? Um, and so help us to trust you. Help us to believe that um, you are good and knowledgeable and that you designed us for specific things and not for other things and that you love us and help us to find freedom in that love. God, there's so many different ways to go about dating. There's so many mistakes to be made and you still love us. You're not holding those mistakes against us. And um, yeah, you're, you're just awesome. And, and thanks for walking with us, even as we imperfectly walk with you. We love you. Amen.